What's going on, Action Flix fanatics? This is John Jerva coming in hot with another episode of the Action Fix podcast here at actionflix.com, your destination for everything action. This time around, we got another exclusive interview for you. This Friday sees the release of the new action thriller Dangerous, which stars Scott Eastwood, as well as a star-studded cast, included Famke Jensen, Tyrese Gibson, Kevin Durant, and the one and only Mel Gibson. The movie is a thrilling, fast-paced cat-mouse thriller with some great action sequences, and Scott is phenomenal in it as a sociopathic anti-hero who must protect innocent lives when his small island is besieged by a team of mercenaries led by Kevin Durant. There's some great action as well as some great characterization in it, and we have the director of the movie for you, David Hackle. You might remember David as the director of such films as Saw 5 and Daughter of the Wolf with Gina Carano. So this time we have David Hackle, the director of the film, to talk about working with the cast as well as the action and how the movie came about. So sit back, relax, and enjoy my exclusive interview with Dangerous director David Hackle. David, how you doing? I'm great, John. How are you? I'm great. Um, first of all, uh, yeah. what's that? Oh, okay. So I was diagnosed about a month ago with a neurological disorder. So I'm, you know, I'm talking a little slower and, you know, it's, it's my, basically my brain's kind of messed up right now, but I'm still me. But sometimes, you know, it's, it's hard to do things and stuff like that. So today I got all this stuff strapped to my head. So that's why I look like this. So thankfully this is an audio podcast, so they won't see what I look like though. Absolutely. So, David, um, I wanted to talk to you. I got a chance to watch Dangerous, and I loved it. It's a different kind of movie. I thought it was just going to be like a a straightforward action movie, which it kind of was, but it had so many more elements to it. And can I just say that Scott Eastwood's character, I mean, a sociopathic leading man was just brilliant. Talk about the project and how it came along. Yeah, sorry, you're breaking up on me a little bit, John, but, um, yeah, you know, Scott was amazing in this. I mean, he, he really was. Um, he, uh, he worked really hard to, um, to make sure that the character was, was very grounded and very real. And, um, and part of that was the struggle to, to portray a character who is, of course, on meds and has all of his senses dulled down. But then, um, but then give the actor something to play on as well. Of course, you know, emotions being the thing that actors portray most of the time. And, and um, you know, when he's not in action, of course, he has to have something to hang his hat on. And um, it was difficult for Scott. I mean, it was, it was something where he would turn to me and say, you know, how am I supposed to be feeling here? And what am I supposed to be doing? And when, when the answer is, well, to tell you the truth, you're not feeling anything because that's part of what's going on here is your, your senses are all dulled down so that you're, you push down any urges and any, uh, any of your natural instincts to perhaps react or kill somebody at, at, you know, at, at vital moments. Um, and that was tough. It was something we had to talk through. We had to really sort of work about, work out how do you continue to keep this character, uh, dangerous and, and volatile, um, and 
so we had to we had to tighten those screws a little bit through through other people like his mother and um, and and really find out who he is in backstory and and uh, and of course through the FBI agent. So um, it was a difficult role, I think, for Scott to take on and a brave role for him to take on. And I think he did a great job. Absolutely. Now let's talk about assembling the cast because you have a. I mean, besides Scott, you got Famke Jensen, Tyrese Gibson, Kevin Durant, who was just menacing as a bad guy, and of course Mel Gibson. Um, how did that all come about? Um, well, you know, we uh, Scott Scott was on first, and then um, and then we got uh, we got Mel on, and. Um, uh, that was that was just like a dream come true for me because when when uh, we came across the idea of of Mel Gibson as the therapist, it just made so much sense. It was just like he will play this so perfectly. And um, when I got on the phone the first time with Mel, he had uh, immediately he had the right tone for this character. He said he said, "Let me get this straight. This is this is a bit farcical, right?" This, this character, you know, in the story is a bit farcical. And I said, absolutely. He said, oh, good. Okay, now I know how to play this guy. Um, and he was actually the one who said, what if, what if, and, and it's funny because I was about to approach him with this, but I didn't want to, I didn't want to say, how about you drink a lot during this, you know, in this role? And, uh, because, you know, I, you know, I'm not sure how he would feel about that or if it's, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, force something on him that might feel heavy handed or that might feel out of, how he wants to play so I let him sort of lead the way there and he of course right away said what if I have a problem with popping pills you know as soon as I talk to the FBI agent I open the drawer and I throw a few pills back because I realize that my whole world is about to unwind if this guy if this guy goes off the rails uh, my career could be over <laughs> and, uh, and that's kind of where it goes and so throughout the story of course we see that we see him slowly but surely throughout that day getting more and more drunk and uh, and giving, you know, worse and worse advice all day long. <laughs> so it was really fun. It was really fun working with him. Absolutely. Now, I also want, like, you know, a lot of times I was, I actually just had an interview a little while ago where, you know, I was talking about an action movie. And a lot of times, like, the, the, the opponent or the antagonist, it, antagonist isn't as formidable. But Kevin Durant, he's just as, he's kind of like, I call him a quiet scary in this movie. Like, he's like this powder cake yeah. like, that's ready to erupt. And the, the, the ironic thing is, um, you know, Kevin Durand is is in person one of the nicest people in the world. He right. really is, uh, you know, a, a gentle giant of a man, and he probably hates that term because he's he, he is a very big man, but he's also um, he, he's uh, very agile. He actually has a background as a dancer, oh. um, a dancer, and then a, a hockey player. He could have been an NHL hockey player, I think, um, if he had have uh, gone in that direction. Um, He's very physical. Uh, I know he's like, he does Peloton and he's in like the top 200 of, you know, Peloton people in the world. Um, and um, he he has that ability with that crazy smile of his to be so evil. And um, I think one of the most important things he brought to this was, you see it in the in a conversation where, where Scott is at the door and he's on the front steps. And it's almost like two lovers are breaking up. 
Right. And that was something that he said. He said, like, this is this is almost a love story between these two men, isn't it? And I said, that is such a perfect way to put it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's that, uh, you know, he looks at Dee as the man who he couldn't be. He's, Dee, like, he wishes he could, he could kill so, so easily as, you know, and so, and so, so perfectly <laughs> as Dee can. Um, but, uh, you know, his, his admiration, you know, is, is there for this man. And, um, I just thought it was like the ideal, uh, point for that character, for those two characters, when, when we see them basically breaking up as lovers. All right. Now, I wanted yeah. to talk, like I, like, the, like I said, the movie was a, like a different thing that I expected, which was good, but I like how the beginning, like, or the first part of it was like, it was like a cat and mouse game, like with him, like Scott, you know, maneuvering and, and, and going through like this situation. But then at the end, it's just, you know, of course you got the big finale. And I love the fact that during it, he's getting shot at, he calls Mel Gibson on the phone and asks him if it's okay just if he could do what he used to do. I mean, just just talk, and plus using a, the, the gun that he uses, just talk about the finale and like how fun that was. <laughs> Yeah, that was. Um, I mean, uh, it, it was it was something that that again. I first of all, you know, the the idea of having a submarine in the movie, I'm all in. I love I love big set pieces. My background is production design, right? And um, and the idea of, of having a, a submarine in our in our movie, you know, this starts as what feels like a relatively small movie, and then develops into this crazy discovery. Uh, you know, down in the in the deep bunkers of this island, um, it it was it was something that that uh, it sort of brought the whole thing to life for me. And it was the idea that they're sitting on this this you know um, underground bunker that we don't realize is going on through the early part of the story. Right. And then when we get down there, it's such an incredible environment. You know, we had to bring the machine gun from, I believe it was Michigan. We had to have it shipped across the country and um, in a truck. And, uh, and and then we built a quarter of that submarine. And it's actually sitting right on the studio floor. There's no actual water in that studio. Um, and working out the details of how that was going to happen was, was one of our biggest challenges, truly. Um, the catwalks you see when you're looking towards the guys firing down at him, are all practical. There are, the one thing that was great about this environment was that in, in three directions, um, wrapping around uh, the, the front of the submarine, or, or it's actually the back end of the submarine, um, it was all practical. They could run through these catwalks. They could they could be firing down through these catwalks, and we could do everything practically looking at most of the set, except when we're looking back at Scott on the, on the submarine, Right behind the conning tower of the submarine is green screen, and it continues on, um, you know, everything you see back there, which would be about approximately 270 feet of submarine bunker, is all visual effects. Um, and, uh, you know, all, all of that machine gun fire, and uh, except for the explosion, um, everything, is, everything is CGI. 
Yeah. Now, I will, okay, and I like I, we have a few more minutes. I wanted to talk about you and your career. Now you've gone in, you do, you've done different genres, like of course, Saw Five, which was a pretty big thing. And now, do you go into each movie like do you have a plan of attack that's different, or is it like do you just it doesn't matter what genre you're doing, you always ha- have the same thing you're gonna do. You know, that, that's a great question. I mean, I wish I could say that, that the trajectory of my career has been perfectly planned out and is going as planned. That's right. But, um, you know, uh, it takes one little thing like, you know, a pandemic to, to throw a wrench in the works of something like that. And uh, right before the pandemic, I was uh, scouting in, um, in Puerto Rico for another movie, um, and which Scott, Scott Eastwood was attached to at the time. Um, and, uh, the day I came back from scouting, the pandemic lockdown basically happened. And so that kind of put things on hold. And, um, while we were on hold, uh, the producer who I did Daughter of the Wolf with, Kevin, and, and who I did Dangerous with, Kevin said, I've got this other movie that Scott is, is attached to, and, uh, would you take a look at it? And we sort of looked at it at first because it was set on a remote island. We said, well, set on a remote island, maybe that, that gives us some uh, some parameters we can play in for, uh, you know, during COVID, where we can be isolated and have, have a crew that's relatively safe. Uh, but then we realized, of course, we wouldn't be able to find an island that had a perfect in on it and a submarine bunker and, you know, and a submarine and, and everything else. Um, and we realized that we needed to create that somewhere else. So uh, we looked looked at the interior of British Columbia where we found this great inn and built that there. So that allowed us to do this movie during COVID. And um, we kept the crew remote in. We, we sort of buy out an entire hotel and go from the hotel to the set and back again. And that was it. You know, there was no like going out partying at night or, you know, weekend drinks and, and that sort of thing because we were completely in lockdown. Everything happened in the, in the hotel. But that's not really answering your question about my career. That's okay. Um, that's still a good answer. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's, that's how we got this one done. So I guess what I'm getting at is quite often it's opportunity. Right. You know, and, and really, you look, I, I look at scripts. Um, I prefer things that sort of take me to a, to a new challenge every time. I think the reason I'm a director in the first place is I love to uh, I love to be challenged by by big things. And some of the movies that I production designed were were huge and, and sci fi series and, and of course the Saw franchise uh, was such a you know, such a massive undertaking. And um, I, I like to create worlds, really. I think that's one of the things I, I like the most is um, I love the wilderness, so I've done a couple of wilderness movies. Uh, and I, and I just love a good challenge. You know, I love something that, that is going to be epic. And, you know, it's not just about making the movie for me. It's about the whole life of being a filmmaker and, uh, and getting the opportunities to go to wild and wonderful places and to learn new things and, and discover new things. I mean, doing the research on just something like submarines and Yamashita gold is, is something that is so fun and, right. and just so fulfilling and, uh, you know, getting to create. Um, around these things that are real world, and then and then take them to extremes is is a blast. You know, it's, I think it's why I do it in the first place. Great. Well, I think I have time for one more question, so I'm going to hit you with this one. So, if you had any 
like any movie like that from the from the past or, or now um, that you wanted to remake or redo, what would it be? Um, well, I don't know if you could do Apocalypse Now too. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, um, you know, I've always uh, I've always been a big fan of. Um, of sci-fi movies, I would love to do a, a sci-fi horror movie. Alien, of course, was is, is high high on my list of um, one of my favorite movies. Uh, but at the same time, nice uh, solid atmospheric movies, of course, like Seven. Um, uh, and you know, really, I'm I'm kind of all over the map with my tastes. In as far as movies go, I like I like um, epic movies, but at the same time. I think uh, a really good dramatic movie um, just makes my heart sing, and it's why I stay in this business. You know, when I watch something like um, uh, Karen Kasama's uh, Destroyer, I, just the way that story is told is so magical to me. And um, I think what I always say to people is, it's when you when you're working with cast and crew, and you and you have this moment where performance is so real and the environment is so real and everything feels so strong that you get a shiver up your spine yeah. and people on the crew look at each other and you go that's the moment that is that's the moment it's like being struck by lightning um and and at the same time it's like seeing a shooting star uh or watching whales you can't stop until you see another one you can't stop until you do it again you know and um uh and it's, it's those moments that that or why I think I, I do it and so that's what I'm always chasing is, is the opportunity to do it again and, and to work with uh, with amazing actors who who you know give a performance where you just you can't believe how mesmerizing it is and um, and uh, it makes your heart sing you know it really does yeah now, real quick, uh, like I said, it's it, like dangerous. I, like I want people to see it because it, you know you think like it. Like I thought it was going to be a traditional action thriller, but it's so much more. What do you want people to get out of it, real quick? Um, I, yeah, I hmm, that's a, that's a good question. But to, but to get out of it, uh, first of all, I, I want people to get out of it. What an amazing actor, uh, Scott Eastwood. Is. Absolutely. Um, yeah, absolutely, and. Um, and how magic happens when you have a wonderful cast, like all around the cast was fantastic. Everybody was there having a great time and, um, and working really hard at the same time. And it wasn't, was not an easy movie to do. We shot the thing in 19 days altogether, but everybody was there with the right spirit and the right attitude. And, and that comes across on film, I think. Um, and uh, so, you know, I think, I think the chemistry is, is what's, you know what made that movie so wonderful, right? And I and again, I'll let you go, but I just wanted to say, like watching it, like I can't tell you how much like he looks like like certain ways he moves or looks like you just see his dad yeah. in him, and that's so awesome. And I'm so happy that he's you know becoming his own and like doing his own thing, like with the outposts Completely. and stuff like that. Completely, and and um, you know a lot of people have mentioned that you know, and and to Scott's credit. Um, I think he's got so much more richness. Uh, I mean, look, Clint Eastwood is one of the greatest actors of all time, and and you know, I would never dream of of slagging Clint. You know, Scott is his own man. He's his own actor, and his own his own personality comes across. And he's got a great sense of humor, great sense of timing. Um, you 
know, he really is, uh, he's like, you know, he's like Clay 2.0, if anything, you know, so, yeah, he's wonderful. Well, like I said, the movie's great, my review will be out next week when I can put it out, and I said, like, it's, it's, it's an exciting movie, it's different, you know, Scott's great in it, the cast, you know, and you did a great job with it, and I thank you for giving me your time to talk about it. Thank you so much. Thank you, you have a great day. Thank you. Thanks so much. You're well. All right. Absolutely. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Recording. All right. That was my exclusive interview with director David Hackle of the new action thriller Dangerous, which stars Scott Eastwood, Famke Jensen, Tyrese Gibson, Kevin Durant, and Mel Gibson. It hits video on demand and digital, as well as select theaters this Friday from Lionsgate Entertainment. So make sure to check it out. My review is now live at actionflix.com. So make sure you check it out. Scott Eastwood is a good kind of bad in this movie, and I thought it was a fun time, and he was phenomenal in it, and so was the rest of the cast. And I want to thank David for such a great interview. Until next time, keep it locked and loaded right here as we are your destination for everything action.